0: My name is Zach with Realize the Market, and you're tuned in to the Think Realize the Market podcast. Our goal is to connect with entrepreneurs by providing a platform to help others through their experience. Today, we're coming to you live from the Dallas Small Business Expo with a very special guest, Howard Klein. Howard, how are you today?
1: I am fine. Getting a little tired standing on my feet all day long.
0: Yeah, I must say it's pretty cold in here too.
1: Well, that's what my wife would say, but I've got,
0: <laughs> I've got
1: plenty of insulation, as my mother would say.
0: There you go. So for everybody listening, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do?
1: Well, uh, I am a mediator and arbitrator. Okay. I've been in a, in a, an attorney, in licensed in California for 47 years. I think I'm going on 47. It's so long that I've lost count. <laughs> there you uh, go. And uh, I, I've gotten into the mediation and arbitration because I've frankly gotten fed up with the court system. Mm -hmm. It's a great alternative to filing lawsuits and dealing with that. And uh, as an attorney representing one side or the other, I mean, as long as I've been doing it, you feel like a foot soldier beating up on the other side and taking some hits yourself. It's a highly stressful job. Mm -hmm. And now I'm to the stage where I'd rather get people to collaborate and try to resolve their disputes quickly and Mm -hmm. cost-efficiently. Either through mediation, which is where the parties reach an agreement. I just help them converse, in essence. Or arbitration, where I, in essence, act as a um, private judge.
0: Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, you know, you mentioned it being a very high stress level um, position that you're in and i can definitely imagine doing that for you know 47 years how have you managed to to, to keep your stress levels at bay or just manage them
1: ah, i used to have a full head of hair yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what helped that's what yeah, helped with the management yeah. i started
1: out with a full head of hair right. i now wear glasses although you can't see them i started law school without the need of glasses wow. and by the end of my first year i needed wow glasses. Uh, there have been times where I've tried to leave it, but they keep dragging me back. You ever see The Godfather? Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, it's afforded. I've learned a lot. It's been a wonderful life and a wonderful profession. And I'd like to think that I've matured over all of these years but it really is stressful. And there are times where it's just very difficult. You you live and die with the successes of your clients. And it's hurtful when you don't obtain as much as they want. And it's a feeling of incredible exuberance when you do really help people who really needs your help. You know, so I'll miss that part of it, but I'll be as a mediator, I'll feel very good about helping people resolve their disputes. I mean, we had, can I give you an example? Please do. We had a mediation a few weeks ago, and I can't go into the details because it's confidential. Yeah. But the first mediation session, and you can have multiple ones, I had a co-mediator, and we were really trying to brainstorm with them, and they were really at odds. But we were able to come up with enough ideas where everyone, or they're the ones who decided, that, you know, they need to investigate some of these possible solutions and come back the following week. My co-mediator and I were absolutely certain it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to come back. Mm-hmm. But we showed up the following week, and they both showed up. That was our first surprise. The second surprise was when one of the parties said, this isn't going to take long. No so, I, so I immediately thought, okay, we got nowhere. Yeah, Just, no, we got together and we worked it all out. And they said, "No, we don't have to put it in writing. We're like best friends now, and we're working it out." And that was the end of it. And when we wow. debrief, my co-media I debrief, she said to me, "Well, we really failed." And I said, "Oh, contraire, we were really successful. Right. I, I don't, I couldn't imagine being any more successful because we got them." to talk yeah. and resolve their dispute and that's really what mediation is as a mediator i'm only in control of the process mm. the parties are in control of the solution right so you treat it's almost like being a psychologist yeah. where you're trying to identify what their problem really is not what they say it is necessarily but what it is really is. And if you can start identifying it, you can start asking questions or coming up with possible solutions. I call it brainstorming, where you start going, oh, yeah, you know, I don't have to win. I can take care of things that way. And that's the beauty of mediation and why I love doing it.
0: Well, it. I mean, it sounds like, you know, you, you said that you you don't necessarily solve problems, but in, so, in some way you, you have to be a great problem solver to be able to think of these types of alternative solutions that you can bring to the table that could possibly solve their problem if they see eye to eye. So how did you become such a great problem solver?
1: Dealing with problems that I had no choice. Um, I don't know when I became a problem solver, but I know that when I was general counsel for a national company called Allied Education Corporation, all of a sudden everybody came to me with these unsolvable problems, and it, it was it was like, wait, hey, I'm a lawyer. They didn't teach me this in law school. How, okay, and I can remember. Times people would walk into my office, which was a corner office, very nice, and just as they closed the door behind them, I would sit there and think to myself, How the hell am I going to solve this? I mean, you wouldn't believe what appeared to be non legal problems that they just came to me and said, We don't know how to handle this, you handle it. And I I loved helping people, so if you gave me a problem, I don't care how hard it is, give me the time and I'll solve it. And and I'm a very creative person. People don't think of attorneys as being creative, but many of us are. And uh, I really relished the job, and so at times perhaps I become a little lazy and don't focus as much as I should to solve the problem, but I'm always thinking of what's the best way? What's the most efficient way? How much can I squeeze out of this to get this done as fast and as inexpensively as possible? And that's the way my mind goes. And I guess it's after 47 years of thinking that way. I don't solve everything. Let me give you an example. Just last night, we had a rental car, and I was trying to hook up my Android Auto Mm -hmm. to automatically give me directions on the car. Mm -hmm. And 10 minutes into it, I couldn't figure it out. Now, I'm very technologically savvy. And so I told my wife, listen, let's pull over, sit in the parking lot, and I'm going to sit here until I figure it out. I said, that logo there, that's an Android Auto logo. Yeah. So I hit it a few times, nothing happened, and then I pressed it. Mm-hmm.
2: You held it down. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's the simplest solutions. You just got to take the time to stop and think about it.
1: That's right. I know that's a weird analogy, but that's kind of, if I'm lazy, I'm just going to try to work around it. Yeah. Or if I say stop, I can usually solve it.
2: In a situation where you are, you know, thinking about, let's say, uh, solving the problem, and then you you go into a solution, and that solution that you think is the solution has taken too long, right? Would you would you ever be in a position to restart? So let's say you spent 10 hours on something. Oh, yes. And then, you, and then you say, okay, let's just scrap it and throw it all out the window. Has that happened? And, and do you oh, find yeah. that effective?
1: Oh, absolutely. There are, I mean, there are a lot of things that I've done as a lawyer, like reviewing a 90-page lease. Uh-huh. And somewhere along the lines, you forgot, that you forgot what you read in the last 10 pages. And you go, huh? And so you go back and you try it again. And sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. If it doesn't stick, you write some notes, you mark it, and you go back to it later because your brain can only handle so much. There may be people out there whose brain is much more tolerant uh, than mine, and I am getting a little bit older. You know, so, yeah, sometimes walking away. And and there have been times where someone has suggested something to me and I went, no. And then all of a sudden, a month two months later, I go, what a great idea. Guess how we can apply it? And I'm embarrassed that I didn't think about it in the first place. Well, yeah, sometimes allowing your brain an opportunity to work, if you have the time to do that, sometimes you have to make decisions or find solutions faster than that, but I prefer to think about things. I can think quickly if I have to, but I hate leaving something on the table. And even representing legal clients now, I just had an idea last night in the shower for one client. That's where I do some of my best oh, thinking. That's the best thinking. Yeah. And all of a sudden I went and I texted him and I said, I know this sounds crazy. But have you thought about doing this? And of course, his response was, Well, how am I going to do that? And he said, Well, don't worry about how. Just if you'd consider it, I'll figure it out. There's always a way to get things done, maybe too expensive, it may be too time consuming. But there's always a way. So let me look at it. And if you'll consider it, this might work.
0: Have you ever been in in sales?
1: I've been selling myself Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. entire adult life.
0: I I ask because the things that you're talking about to me are are strikingly in line with a lot of, uh, you know, sales tactics that people do, to, and I don't even want to say sales tactics, but just understanding a problem and trying to figure out how to solve it in a way that benefits both sides. I think there's a lot of similarities there between obviously sales and kind of what it is that you're doing. So I was curious if you had any, any insight on
1: that. The thought process is the same for almost anything. That's the beauty of being a lawyer. When you're a lawyer. If you're a good lawyer, you spend a lot of time breaking things down instead of saying it's one big box. What you do is you say, well, it's a big box that has a hundred smaller boxes in it. And you actually have to go through the process of thinking it out. Sometimes as a lawyer, again, sometimes your brain gets a little lazy. So you have to step back a little bit and say, I really have to think about this particular aspect of it. I'm handling a case where, unfortunately, my client had an attorney that missed something. Missed something really big. And I almost missed it.
0: You
1: know, I had to handle something afterwards and I had to look at an ordinance And I'm kind of going, you know, I remember this ordinance changing about a year ago. I'm probably wrong, but let me go out and read everything very carefully. And there it was in black and white. I'm going, this is so obvious. I'm really concerned that I'm wrong. Because how could it be so obvious to me and everybody else miss it. Right. So there's always that self-doubt going, it's that obvious. In my new podcast called Uncommon Sense is a lot about things like that. I was going to call it common sense, but then I thought if it was so common, yeah. wouldn't be talking about
2: it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It should be common, it, but it's not.
2: Honestly, the simplest solutions are uncommon. Right, because people overthink yeah. what you know the solution. That's, so, you,
0: I was about to say, and it's, it's the simplest solutions are typically so overthought that, that people make a simple problem into a much more difficult one.
1: Yeah, as a one of my weaknesses as an attorney is that I'm so focused on solutions that other people don't think about that I overlook the most obvious thing, I, actually. This one issue was not so obvious. It just so happened that I remembered something that happened in June of last year. Um, But as an attorney, what I did was work with other lawyers and staff who weren't as imaginative as me and who really focused on the obvious. I mean, as a business person, you got to identify your strengths and your weaknesses and work with people who could strengthen you by focusing on your weaknesses. As an aside.
0: So let's talk about your podcast a little yeah. bit. You, you mentioned how long have you been doing Uncommon Sense?
1: I'm just starting. Okay. I have been doing CRE radio and TV since December of 2010. Okay. Where I started uh, as an online talk show, forgot the name of the business. Uh, that did it. It's still around where people could call in. My first show had 500 listeners on the first live show. We okay. fielded questions. My guest was terrified. I was <laughs> I was pretty unsure of myself yeah. to begin with but I'd done live theater so it was just kind of like someone would call in and ask a question. You have no idea what the question is. Uh-huh. But it just spills out of your head. Yeah. And I realized I've been doing this so long that I guess I do know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So I've been doing that. And it kind of went from that to videos, to a form of live streaming, to now a combination of everything. And I had been writing articles and blogs from long before then. Even before the web, I used to write articles in business journals. So I used to use that as a form of marketing myself as an attorney. And it's just online and social media now is just another form of what I've been doing my entire career, mm-hmm. except now it's changing so fast that I'm constantly having to learn new things, you know, such as not just YouTube, but YouTube Shorts, and how the audience is changing, and, and how to be more effective in what I do, so I've been doing it quite a long time. So CRE Radio and TV, just to get back to it, and I'm still doing that, focuses on commercial real estate. My new uh, live streamer show, I still call it a show, is Uncommon Sense, which is much broader about business and anything that might relate to business, where I intend to do interviews, I'll be doing a bunch of interviews from people here at the Small Business Exchange. Uh, And also we're going to be talking about topics from books that I've read such as uh, Start With Why, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People that I've listened to uh, maybe half a dozen times, and each time it gets me thinking. Uh, how to uh, try to think uh, how to influence people what how Not? to win friends and influence friends. Thank you. how to win friends and influence people how to remember what you're talking about mm-hmm. uh, how to win friends <laughs> you can take just one small portion of that uh, and have it apply to anything in business what you do in marketing what people do in podcasting, what people do in law. And basically, it's how to think and deal with people.
0: Yeah. Personally, that book changed my life. I I think I I think the principles outlined in that book for for me, my experience was uh, it's kind of common sense, like a lot of these things I knew already, but I don't think about them. I don't think about them when I interact with people and I don't keep the principles that the book talks about at the forefront of my mind when I have interactions. And when I started to do that, my relationships changed, which brought more opportunity to my table, which in turn started to really shift my reality. So books are, books are really powerful. Well, that
1: kind of book is, and it's a, and it's a great book. It's a great book to reread because you kind of lose that glue after a while. And then all of a sudden you read it again, and while you remembered what you had previously read, it just kind of brings it back to the forefront of your mind again and really helps. I don't know if it was in one of the books, but one of the things that I've done over many years is take an annual sabbatical where I sit down and go over everything that I'm planning for the future year and how to go about doing it might have learned that in uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And what it does is it refocuses me. Because you get so caught up in life and business that you lose that focus. But when you reread and redo that stuff, it kind of gets you back in line. Mm
2: -hmm. And apply it. Apply it's the biggest thing, right? Because one of the, so what started uh, my personal journey uh, was reading 300 plus books and Before this time, I had read two or three books my whole life. And within uh, within I was 18, 19 years old. And within a few months, I just sat at home and just read, 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 read. I spent thousands of dollars on just some of the biggest books. Right. And um, one of the things after I broke out of my incubation phase, one of the first things that that was taught to me, I went and worked for DirecTV for sales one of the first things that was said to me by, by my boss there, essentially, uh, which turned to be my business partner afterwards, uh, he, he said he looked at me and he said, because my head was this big, it couldn't fit through the doorway. Right. I just had all this information. I didn't know how to apply it. Right. And he said, Alex, he said, you can have all the information in the world, but it doesn't mean anything unless you know how to apply it. So in that sentence, how would you recommend other people to obtain information and then apply it?
1: Well, I think YouTube has changed the world. Yeah? Because I heavily rely on YouTube. Okay. Uh, and I'm constantly uh, uh, watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, reading mm-hmm. books. I often listen to books. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Audible, I usually... And I, and I re-listen mm-hmm. when I uh, do that. And I find that... You can learn that stuff, but then you have to go out and experience things. You got to fall on your face, you got to make mistakes. One of the things I tell my kids is that they should only grow up to make as many mistakes as I have. I do not hold myself out as a perfect person. My Lord that. knows I can't do that. One of my, I, I was, uh, I became general counsel of a supermarket chain in San Diego when I was 28. Okay. And uh, I'm being interviewed by a guy who is worth a lot of money. He ended up owning a couple of uh, uh, had one of the largest thoroughbred ranches in the world, Uh, had a couple of Kentucky Derby winners, uh, best pal and uh, owned an interest in a lot of horses, which had nothing to do, by the way, with the supermarket.
0: (laughs) Uh, did, you, did the supermarket sell horse feed? Yeah, finished? yeah, no no, 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 no.
1: Well, we ended up forming a insurance company called Golden Eagle Insurance, uh-huh. which started out as a horse mortality insurer because he knew all the sheiks and the big names who owned horses. But in my interview with him, he asked me, and I had never heard this question before, he said, uh, what... Can you improve upon the most, or what do you wish that you could do better? I said, well, you know, I just spent the last ten years of my life being a lawyer, and uh, or not quite ten years at the time, and I said, I've read a lot of books, and I I've learned a lot. But I've also learned that the one thing that I can't replace is 20 years worth of experience. I didn't know how great an answer it was at the time. I'm going, what a stupid answer. Well, that sold him on me because he was not college educated, but worth a lot of money. And he really valued that in himself, that he was self-taught. And that you could learn things from books, but sometimes you just got to go out there and experience it.
2: Yeah, That's the biggest thing. Falling. Falling. You know, you, we definitely learn off the things we do, uh, but we learn off of the things that we do wrong the most. Right. Doing it right is fun. And that's the, It releases dopamine and we have a good time and we celebrate. But in reality, what did you learn? Right. How to celebrate? But whenever you fail, you don't go out and celebrate, right? You go out, you you fail, and then you go back to the you go back to the to the to the lab, and, and you you digest what went wrong, and you you tweak your stuff, and then you go back out again and you try it. Well,
1: that's the real smart way.
2: That's the smart way. Yeah. On
1: my failures, I've cried.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that comes first. I've
1: cried. Mm-hmm. I punished myself.
0: Yep. And then I've bounced back. Yeah, but you but you keep going. Yes. And, and this this kind of circles me back to something you mentioned earlier, the first book you read being Finding Your Why. So, so what is your why? What, what's the reason that, that keeps you going through all of the failures that you've experienced? And, and has your why changed over time? I was a
1: mediocre student at best, and that was even through law school. Yet, I found myself to be a lifelong learner. I don't know how that happened. Honestly, I, I never pictured myself in that way. So learning is one of my whys, but not really. I think I love helping people. I get my jollies. So I volunteer a lot. Uh, when I say volunteer, if you ask me how to help you with your podcast, I'm not going to charge you. I'm going to spill out what I've learned and help you in any way that I can. And if it comes back and helps me, great. If not, made me feel really good. I like doing it without expecting anything back. Now, if you want to hire me as a lawyer, I expect you to pay,
2: yeah, okay, of course.
1: or as a mediator, I expect you to pay, or as an arbitrator, I expect you to pay. But if you just need a helping hand, I'm glad to share my knowledge. And that's what being an influencer on social media, in my opinion, is all about is helping each other out.
2: I think I think that's that's something that we go along to and, and we really resonate within ourselves is because we do the same. We do the same with businesses whenever it comes to marketing. And a, and a business will say, hey, how do I run SEO A to Z? We'll tell them how to run a SEO A to Z because our secret of knowing isn't our secret, right? Our, our secret of knowing, the only thing that makes us different between what we know is how we do it, right? Because once we teach teach people or even just tell them how to do it, now they have to go do it. Right. So, so you could tell them everything, you know, but it doesn't matter because no. now they have to apply it. Right.
1: It's easier said than done. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And I know that because on my podcast, I do everything. I do the video editing. I do the, the call sheets. I do. I plan everything out when I do a live stream. Mm-hmm. I have scenes laid out. Mm-hmm. I pre-interview everyone so that I know what the topic is going to be and what we're going to be talking about. There's a lot of time spent. Mm -hmm. And then I have to market it, and I'm flat out of time, Mm -hmm. and I know what to do. I just don't have the time to do it. It's easier for me to have someone like you Mm -hmm. do that stuff for me, and you're probably far better at it than I am.
2: There's, a, there's one thing that, that sticks with me and, you know, one of my mentors, uh, Ty Lopez, he, he taught me he taught us this and you know it, it, he says essentially if you're, if you're bad at something and you find somebody who's good at it, you're not so bad at it anymore. right And, and people want to still go from, oh, well, I'm bad at this, well then I can become good. right? Well, the time that it takes to go from bad to mediocre is way more time than it takes to go from good to great. So if you understand that you're bad at something, and then you go and focus on something that you're good at, you're going to get more results out of focusing on something you're good at to getting it to great than if you focus on something that you're bad at and getting it to mediocre.
0: Absolutely. Right? You have
2: to you have to pick your battles, right? We only all we all have twenty four hours in a day, and you know a third of them, a fourth of it, we have to sleep and hang out with family, right? So in some situations, we have to really take that time that we have and use it to the best of our abilities, and not just do everything that we think we can. do
1: spoken like a wise man you're far too young to be that wise
2: well you know, it comes with it comes he comes with the trial and error right yeah. the, the going out and applying the information it's
1: and it's not so easy to make that shift
2: no
0: it's because not.
1: if you're a small business mm-hmm. you're always watching your nickels and dimes mm-hmm. but at some point I mean, since I charge as an attorney on an hourly basis I know the value of my time yeah so I'm going okay. If I'm going to take the time off and spend time with my family and relax, it's going to cost me X amount of dollars per hour. It's well worth it. I need to relax. I need to rest. I need to spend time with my grandchild. I need to do this and I need to do that. And I don't care what it costs me, but I know what it costs me. You know, so if I give someone, if I'm really, really busy as a lawyer, Or a mediator or arbitrator, and I give someone a hefty discount. Problem is, is the people who are paying me what I deserve, they may not get the full value of what they're paying for. So you have to watch out for that. Mm
2: -hmm. I totally agree. I like that. I like that. And and, you know, sometimes you can fall into the situation of over-promising, right? And then, and then the people who are paying you well, you kind of leave them on the back burner because you've over over here and got paid less, but you still have to do the work, you know, because it's in our it's in our blood to, to not, you know, to not leave people hanging. So over committing is definitely a problem, especially whenever you're really uh, uh, passionate about what you do. It's uh, easy to over commit.
1: I've done that and I've punished myself because I started sealing, seeing the quality of my work diminish. And that's torture. It's like, Howard, you know, I went to a client and rushed a contract to him and they looked at it and had all these spelling errors and he was not happy and I'm going, Howard, you know, how could you do that? But again, I'm not perfect.
0: And, and I, it's about allowing yourself, though, to, to kind of lower your pride and take those hits for yourself and to get back up and keep moving. And not make the same mistake twice if you're able to identify kind of where you took a misstep it's important to own that so that you you come into the next situation as a better as a better person because of the missteps that you had before those missteps don't make you a bad attorney they don't make you a bad person but i would think continuing to repeat those mistakes over and over again i'm not going to say makes you a bad person but it's not making you a better one either
1: Well, part of running your own business or your own department or something like that is all of a sudden experiencing a mistake and then going, well, how did that happen? And then figuring out a way, setting up a system. Now, people hate systems. But you set up in a law practice, you set up systems to avoid the mistakes that you already made. So I was negotiating... Two leases, one in Jacksonville and one in Detroit. Or I think we'd already executed the one in Detroit. And so this was at a time, this was in the 80s. So everything was done by mail. So my secretary at the time would, everything was printed and ready to go out. She would wait until the end of the day. And put, and then you know, copy it, and then put them in the envelopes and send it out. Well, the what I sent to the Detroit landlord was not the nicest thing in the world. And what I was sending to the Jacksonville landlord was a negotiation, part of the negotiation of a new lease. Well, she put the nasty to the prospective landlord and vice versa. And I found that out and I said, how could you do that? Yeah. Well, tell me what, you, what the process was. And I said, okay, from now on, and I give you something, you make a copy there and put it in the envelope. Then you don't lay out a whole bunch of stuff at the end of the day where that could happen. So that's changing a system. is
2: yep. everything. Processes everything, so I, I so I, I love the directions that we went here. I love, you know, how we went from you know just just mindset uh, to some business tips, uh, even to some podcast tips. So I, I want to give the viewers and the listeners a chance to reach out to you if that's okay. Sure. So so how would our viewers and listeners be able to contact you? Whether it's you know maybe to be on your podcast, maybe to hire you as a lawyer. Uh, just get some, you know, get some friendly advice. Where, where would they contact you? Well, I'm
1: limiting the amount of work that I do as a lawyer.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, to contact me, you can contact me for the mediation and arbitration service, which is Howard at T is in Tom, K is in Klein, G is in Group. A is in Albert, D as in David, R as in Robert.com. That's TKGADR. ADR stands for Alternative Dispute Resolution. And, or you can call me at 702-706-4433. That's 702-706-4433. You can tell that I've been on radio.
2: Oh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. You got some practice in that. It was very yeah. polished. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Howard. We do appreciate your time and sitting down with us. We loved hearing your story and, and getting some knowledge from you. And we really appreciate it. And I know the thinkers are back at home watching and listening to this, whether in the car or at home, really appreciate it as well. Great. Awesome. Gentlemen, well, thank, thank you, you very much. Yes.
1: You'll uh, hopefully send to me a copy.
2: Yes, absolutely. And
1: then I will... Splash it out all over
2: the place. Including
1: YouTube shorts. Awesome, awesome. Guys, you take care. All
2: right, thank you, thinkers.